Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. Start a new series called Window Wars. This is, uh, this is an actual window taken from, I'm just joking, it's just a, it's just a random window. I was going to try to think of something like, you know, special, but um, this is Window Wars Part 1, and we'll go to Acts chapter 20. Anybody love the Word of God? If you don't know, we believe in participating with the Word of God. We're not just a spectator church, we're a participator church, which means you get to be involved in the process. Isn't that nice? You don't have to be a bench warmer on Sunday, uh, you get to actually get in the game. And so Acts chapter 20. We're going to go to verse 7. It says, On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. I'm just going to let you know, my last message that I ever preach, I'm just going to talk all night long, okay? I'm always on the clock, on the timer. My last one, that's what Paul did. He's like, I'm about to leave, so, you know, whatever. And so he's still preaching at midnight, it says. And uh, there were many lamps in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell out of the window. He fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. I'm just going to tell you there is nothing that stomps, stomps down a sermon like someone falling out of a window and dying. That's just hard to recover from. You know, it's like, and now for my third point, it's like, it's, it's over at that point. Paul's been preaching for five hours. Eutychus fell out the window. He's dead. And Paul, you know, knowing Paul, he was probably just mad he got interrupted. And he's like, come on, Eutychus, there was a chair right here. Like, I don't know why you had to sit there. And so this, this is our text for today. So it's encouraging. Eutychus fell out of the window and died. Um, this, is, this is Window Wars Part 1. And I, the reason I want to talk about a window is because windows are strategic. Uh, w- windows are different from doors in that doors are supposed to be passed through. Windows are supposed to be looked through. A door gives you access to something. A window gives you a glimpse into something. I think that any time a window and a door is confused, you have an invasion. If you're a guest in my house, you can use the door. If you're an invader in my house, you got to use the window. Because it's actually years ago, we were, uh, my family and I we were on a vacation, and, and we came back, and, and so we came back to the house. And you ever walked in your house, and you just feel like something's off like it's just like wait what's is there someone else here or someone else has been there that's what we felt like we walked in and and I I have some issues anyways I'm a little OCD and so uh, that usually happens to me almost anytime I walk into anything I'll get into my car after a couple days after someone's driven it and I just kind of like look around like oh yep that's there that's there Sunglasses, perfect. Okay, we can drive. I can think. I walk into my office. I did it this morning. I was gone a couple days, walked in. People have been in there. And I'm like, okay, picture tilted, adjusted, volume set. Okay, remotes. Okay, I'm good. I can, I can process. I can think now. It's very important for all these things to be in order for me to be able uh, to think properly. Uh, I don't ever use my key, lose my keys because my keys are always in the same spot. If my keys were not in that spot, I would have no clue where to find them. Now, my wife, sometimes she'll put keys in different places. And so she'll ask me, where are my keys? My keys are in the only place that I would ever put keys, in the key bowl. That's it. There is no other place that I would ever have them if they're not 
in the car with me in my pocket. It's just order, okay? So we walk in our house, and, and, and I can, you can just feel like something's not right. And after looking around, we realized that someone had broken into our house while we'd been on vacation. And so this was years ago when we lived in Washington, and so we could tell. And so we're looking around. One of my sisters been saving money for a missions trip. She had it in her drawer, you know, saving the cash. They cleaned her out. And uh, they, they stole, like, a bunch of random stuff, including my favorite pair of pants, which kind of, like, really upset me. It's like, come on, man. You, you left the TV, and you took my favorite pair of pants. And so we, we looked around the house, and, and we could tell that they came in through the window. That, that had access to the kitchen, and we, it was our, our fault we left the window unlocked. And you could see the, the thief was, was really intelligent. You could see both his handprints on the window as he, he undid it, and then it rains a lot in Washington. They see he saw his footprints come into our house and then walk back out of his house, and then we followed the footprints all the way to his house, which was our neighbor. <laughs> True story. So I'm like, should I just go tell him I want my pants back? Or my parents are like, let the authorities handle it. I'm like, but literally, he's, like, looking at us. Like, I mean, he's right there. Like, maybe I could just go ask him for the mission trip money back, you know? Like, maybe that's how we could handle it. And, and so they're trying to go through all the right processes. And all I can think about every time I see him is, like, he has my favorite pair of pants. And it really was, it was our fault because we left the window unlocked. But I found this out about windows is windows aren't supposed to be doors. Windows are not supposed to be entered through. If someone enters through a window, it's usually because they're not invited. If people come through or enter through windows, they're usually not supposed to be there. A window is a connection point to another world. A window is a place where you can see one place from a different place. A window lets you experience a different place from your current place. And this is what I want to talk about for a couple of moments because I believe many people across America are, are struggling with this window war. And, and the war of the window is this, is I can be in something, but I can look at something else. Which means my heart can be at home, but my eyes can be elsewhere. It means that you could be in the church today and you could be here physically. But the window is the part of you that looks out of here or wishes you were somewhere else. You could walk into this place married. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's just like that today. It's just hot in here, okay? You could, you could be married physically, got the ring on sitting right next to her right now, but in your heart. See, that's the danger of a window is that you could be in some place but be longing for another place. You can be planted physically in one position, but you can be looking. See, the, the danger of the window is you're not actually there. And because you're not actually there, sometimes it doesn't feel as bad. Because if I'm just looking from the window, I'm not actually doing it. I'm just seeing it. But what your heart longs for, you usually gravitate towards. I've found what I'm looking at, I will begin to move towards. What I've set my eyes on, this is why Hebrews says in chapter 12, says fix your eyes on Jesus. Why? Because you move towards what you look at. You, you move or you're directed towards the things that you look, look at. We usually look for windows when we're not satisfied with where we are. This is what I found for me is any time that I'm not satisfied in God, I begin to look for, el for windows outside of my current situation. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're on the job and you just like, it's just not a good day. 
just like you hate it. Everybody that talks to you is just like, like just like, why are you even speaking to me? You get an email and you just like want to scream and you just you don't want to be there. So you just like you just just venture. I know you've never been on these websites, but you venture onto like one of those job websites just to see what's out there, you know? Or I found this, like, sometimes you just, like, go on, which I just, I just found out recently people still use this, and I didn't know. Maybe I need to update mine. But you go to LinkedIn, and, and you just, like, see, like, who's doing what. Or you, you get on Instagram, and you just start scrolling, and you just, like, see where everybody else is at. You get on Facebook, and you'll find that old high school, whoever, and you start looking, and, like, oh, wow, they look really happy, they, man, wow, they're killing life. Did you know you choose what you post? So, like, I never really post my terrible days, just FYI. So if you're, like, looking at my, if you're looking at social media and you see me on the beach, which that's where I was this week, um, but that, that's not where I live. It's just what I posted. It's a couple days. It's a snapshot. We judge our lowlights compared to someone else's highlights. That's a window, my friend. That is the place that we look from, that we know where we are, but we peer through the window at where someone else is, and we compare ourselves to that place. You have to be careful of windows. This is the war of the window. It is where I'm at is not okay, where I'm at is not good enough, where I'm at does not satisfy me, so I'm looking into or I'm looking at something else. Can I just say this? You've got to run your own race at your own pace. You, you've, you've got to do you, and you've got to be comfortable with doing you. You've got to be okay with what you do and how you do it. You've got to be careful. You've got to be okay with the personality God gave you, the gift set God gave you, the family you were born into, the culture that you're living in. You've got to be okay with it because everybody's looking for an excuse out of why they are the way they are. You are the way you are. Now what? I, it's not that we don't have compassion for one another, but what do you do now? You just stop because, like, you're different. You stop because you didn't get what someone else got. You, you stop because it's unfair for you. No, it's what, 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 do, you, what do you do now? It's, it's the war of the window that causes us to look out of us to something else and to long for something that maybe we shouldn't have or maybe is not really what we think it is anyways. In the story in Acts chapter 20, it's, it's, I find it a little humorous because uh, as a preacher, as someone who preaches, I, I look at Paul and, and he's like literally just preaching through the night. And I think as preachers, sometimes we feel like we have some good things to say, but I mean, you got to really have some confidence to just like preach till midnight and expect everybody to still be enjoying it. I mean, and he wasn't slowing down at midnight. Eutychus fell out of the window at midnight. I mean, he's just like, he was still, it's like, and point 37. And it's like, okay, Paul, like, ease up here, snack break or something. I mean, he, he is going after it. Now, it's interesting, Eutychus is in the window. I want to look at this progression because this is a bad day. For a lot of people, this would be a bad day in ministry, like a young, young adult falls out of the window and dies. It's like not really popular. It's not good for ministry growth or expansion. Um, it, it's not good for publicity at all. Paul's about to leave, and this happens. And Eutychus, this is what, he, this is what the Bible says in verse 9. It says that, that he sank, or he was sinking into a deep sleep. So I want you to just look at this, Eutychus. He, he sank. This is the, this is the first, first thing that you, that you can see, is Eutychus was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on 
and on and on. The text says that so many lambs, Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. He's a doctor, a physician. He pays great attention to detail. And he says that lamps were burning in the house. And Paul had been preaching for a long time. To know the house structure at that time, to know the weather, to know all of those things, says if they had a lot of lamps burning and the, the house was full of people, and Paul has been preaching for five hours, the room was hot. Because Luke's a doctor, so he's probably like, okay, why did this young man fall asleep in this scenario and fall out of the window and die? I need, it. I need, I need to know why. It was hot. It was hot. He was warm. It, it happens that way. Like, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, keeping this room like, cool. For one, because those lights are on me, and it makes me feel like I'm at the, in a sauna. And y'all are putting on your jackets, and I'm like sweating. Um, but the other reason is it is way easier to fall asleep when it's warm. Just Luke understood. And Paul, he, you know, he's preaching away and, and it gets warm and, and, and Eutychus begins to sink into his sleep. We read that it wasn't just immediate, it was gradual. And this is how sleep happens. Sleep doesn't just happen one day you're just asleep. Sleep happens gradually. You ever hear people talk about it, it takes me a while to fall asleep? All these types of different tricks and tips to try to get us to fall asleep. Now, I'm blessed. I can fall asleep anywhere, anytime. I can lay down on this stage and go to sleep in about three minutes. Why y'all sit there and stare at me? I'll just be out. I could drink two cups of coffee, maybe three, four. I don't know. I'll lay down and go to sleep. It's just weird. It's like, I don't know if it's an It might be an issue. I don't, I don't know. I can just, it's a blessing and a curse. I can go to sleep anywhere. Eutychus was sinking into a deep sleep. And I found this in life is that many of us, symbolically, we don't fall asleep on our marriage or fall asleep in our job or fall asleep in our morals all at once. This stuff happens gradually. This stuff is just a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and a little bit there and you sink into a deep sleep. You may have walked in today and, and you know already, you know that you're asleep in some areas. It's just what happens in life if you're not careful when the heat gets turned on, you begin to fall asleep. See, this is what I found is true commitment is most accurately tested in a fight. True commitment. People that are, I mean, this is hilarious, people will be with you forever as long as things are going good for you and as long as you're doing something for them. But as soon as the, 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 as soon as the fight happens, people that once said they were with you won't be with you anymore. I've had people come up to me for years. People come, it's, it's actually, Jamie and I kind of like look at each other when this happens. I'm like, uh-oh, watch out. When people say, hey, we're called to you. We're going to be with you forever. We will never leave you. We will never. It sounds like the disciples at the Last Supper. And, and, then, it's like, and then it's like two days later, you're like, wait, where are you? Because true commitment is always tested in a fight. As long as we're helping each other and there's reciprocity and I'm blessing you and you're blessing me, everything's good. But whenever there is difficulty, true commitment is really tested. And it says when the room got hot, Eutychus fell asleep. you got to be careful for people, for people that fall asleep when things get hot. You know when things get hot. When things get hot in your family, you got to be careful about the people who turn off in those moments. When things get hot and you get criticized or something happens and the people that, aren't, that are not there for you. The people, this, this is the wild thing, is that people love to be with people that can bless them. But they'll leave you when you can't bless them anymore. 
if you can't do something for them. See, true commitment does not is not based on just if I can get blessed by you. It is in reciprocity that I am blessing and you are blessing. That's when a marriage really hits its stride. When both people are saying we're going to give our all no matter what. I'm going to love without a condition. I'm going to love without a price tag. It's 100 zero. See, we've, we've always heard it the other way, right? It's 100 100. It's not 100 100. If it's 100 100, that means I'll give 100 if you give 100. It's 100 zero. I love you, period. And if you don't give anything, this love, when we start loving like that, things begin to change. But everything in life, hear me on this, everything in life is meant to lull us to sleep. This is the plan of the enemy for your life is to lull you to sleep. You know those areas that when you first got saved, you were awakened? You know, you were so, you were just crazy. You were throwing out all your secular music and all that. It's just like, you're alive, like no sin whatsoever. But then after you've walked with the Lord for a while, you're more mature now. It's just easier to fall asleep. It's just easier. You know what a lullaby is? A lullaby is not about the, the words. It's about the rhythm. It's about the, the harmony. It's, it's, it's about the melody. It's, it's, it's about how the music lulls you to sleep. Yeah, I mean, you've heard the words of like some of these lullabies, right? They're like awful. Like talking about kids falling from trees. I mean, rock a rock baby in the treetop when the bough breaks. How is that like okay? Oh, good night, little Johnny. Like, Eutychus <laughs> just fell out of the window. Good night. I mean, it's just, it, it just doesn't make sense because it's not about the words. It's about the sound. See, the enemy knows how to play a sound in your life to lull you to sleep. It is never sin that slaps you in the face. It is compromise that attacks you over a lifetime. It is not sin that captures you in a moment. It is one thing here and one thing there. And over the course of six years, finally you find yourself sinking into a sleep. This is what happened with Eutychus. True love is fully tested. In a fight, he sank into a sleep. He slipped. This is what we found in verse 9. Is After he fell asleep, he slipped out of the window. He, he, he slipped. He, he didn't mean to fall. But because of where he was sitting, he, he slipped and he fell. We re read that when he had fallen into a deep sleep, he slipped out of the window and he fell into the street. Once he was asleep, he couldn't control his fall. See, this, this, this piece gets me because people say, well, like, I'm, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never going to fall asleep. Right? This is what happens. I do weddings all the time and it's like... Boy, you got young people that are getting married, and they're so happy, and they're so they're like, "Are oh, my love forever? It'll never fall asleep. You're my everything. I'm gonna date you every day for the rest of your life." I mean, so you got all that, right? Which is awesome. It's awesome, but time has a way of causing us to fall asleep on things that we were once awakened, and once you fall asleep. You can't control when you slip. That's the difficulty. Is once you've fallen asleep in an area, you no longer now have control. If you're awake, you can still control it. You're fighting it. You're sinking. You're fighting. This is why I tell a lot of our couples that are engaged and they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, they're doing their best to walk in purity and they got that wedding coming up and all that. I'm like, you know, the biggest thing is the struggle. Whenever you stop struggling, you've given in to compromise. 
It's, it's, no one's going to be perfect. No one's going to be spotless. But make sure that the fight is, don't fall into sleep. Because once you fall asleep, you can't control if you slip. Any area that you fall asleep in, you have the propensity to slip up in. No one slips up on purpose. But when you're asleep, you lose your control. You know, nobody goes into, we've talked about this, no one goes into marriage saying, I'm going to ruin this. No, nobody goes onto this job and it's like, this one's not going to last long. Watch me blow this. I mean, it's, you never go in with that mentality, although that's sometimes the result of the way that we work or the way that we live and that reality happens, but that's never our intention. Slip-ups don't happen as, because, as a result all the times of bad hearts. Slip-ups happen as a result of sleepy hearts, sleepy morals. Sleepy integrity, sleepy character, sleepy peace, sleepy contentment, sleepy comfort. We could go down the list. The things that draw us to the window to look at something other than what we're in. He slipped. He slipped and fell. He lost his control. A slip is never intentional. It's never planned out. It just happens as a result of sleep. Now, when I was looking at this, I, I thought this was really interesting because I'm, I'm like, Eutychus, like, how did you fall out of the window? You know what I mean? If you're feeling sleepy, like, why did you sleep in the window? See, I mean, we see he's asleep. He's sinking into sleep. He slipped. But why did he slip? I mean, was, is sleeping that bad? Let me just ask you this. Is sleeping lethal? No, sleeping wasn't lethal. It was not about him necessarily sleeping. It was about where he sat while he slept. It was not about that he fell asleep because everybody makes mistakes. And you're going to fall asleep in one area. And there's been multiple times in my life I've needed a mentor, a pastor, a leader, a message, a challenge to say, Dustin, come on, wake up. You're better than this. You can do better. God has more for you. You have purpose on your life. You have an assignment. And you, and you wake up. The, 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 the fatality does not happen in sleeping. It doesn't even happen really in the slipping. It happens in the sitting. If Eutychus would have fell asleep at the feet of Paul, he would have never fell. Because proximity has power. Some people sit so far on the edge of compromise, of standards, of life, of connection, of spirituality, that when they fall asleep... It's fatal. This is why we preach groups. This is why we preach community. This is why we preach being connected. Because if you can get close to people, even if you fall asleep, you won't slip. Even if you struggle, you won't slip out the window. I mean, Eutychus fell out the window. I mean, it's just how do you fall out of a window unless you're sleeping on the edge? I think that many of us, we kind of live our lives that way. Just, yeah, we deal with young people a lot. We got a lot of young people in our church and internships amazing. But you know what I find with young people is they want to get as close as they can to the edge. And I used to think this was just young people when I was in youth ministry. Then we got into adult ministry. Found out you're the same. We want to get as close as we can to the edge. 
and then be like, you know, I'm just going to be like, a, like one of those cool Christians. I'm like really cool with the world. I'm really cool with Jesus. I'm just going to walk that line. That's great if you never fall asleep. But if you happen to fall asleep while you're on the edge, you don't fall up. You fall. See, it's easy to tell our kids that, right? You, ever, you know that analogy like you pull me up. And, or I'll try to pull you up or you try to pull me down. Which one's easier? It's easier to pull down. We can teach our kids that. It's just harder for us to get it. Right? You say, is it hot in here? It's, y'all okay? It's too much for Sunday morning? Wiley, y'all right? It, it, it's, it's, easier, it's easier to pull down. If you're going to live on the edge, then you got to be ready. If you're going to live on the edge, you better be awake. Because if you fall asleep, Eutychus, you're slipping out the window. What's better is to get away from the window and get as close as you can to what God is doing, to get as close as you can to how God is moving, to get as close as you can to his presence, to get as close as you can to community. So even if you slip or you fall asleep, you're safe. See, this is what I find with people is that, that so many people have, have uh, focused on the conditions of why they fell asleep. Excuses really get me because the excuses sometimes keep people from moving forward. It's not that their excuses aren't valid. It's that the excuses keep them from being victorious over what once held them down. Because, I'll say it this way, we spend the majority of our time fighting conditions when we should be focusing on changing positions. Paul, why are you preaching so long? I almost fell out of the window. Why is it so hot in here? I almost fell asleep. All conditions, all solved by one thing, change positions. Oh, I can't believe this TV show is just tempting me. That's crazy, this stupid TV show. Why, Hollywood, Hollywood, I hate you, Hollywood. Or you could turn off your TV. It, that's what... Some of this stuff's like practical. I know we want it to be all spiritual. Come to Tuesday night prayer meeting. We're going to pray that you never attempt it again. You're going to be tempted again. Jesus was. It, it, temptation happens. To really live in freedom, it's practical, spiritual, spiritual, practical. Which means that if I don't want to fall off the edge, I don't walk next to the edge. Oh, this is one of those legalistic churches. They don't want you to walk next to the edge. Yeah. We don't want you to fall off the edge. You can call it legalistic if you want, but I'll be alive. I'll still be married in 30 years. I'm, my kids are going to love Jesus. I'm going to have a legacy that follows me. We're going to have an entire church of world changers. We're going to have an entire church of families that honor God. You can call it what you want. I'm not going close. I'm not getting close to the edge. I don't need to look through a window to find satisfaction. I found something in Jesus right where I'm at. I found something in my King of kings and Lord of lords. I found something in the peace that passes all understanding. I found something in him. Christians are the worst window watchers. Everybody else can. Everybody else can. And what does it get them? And what did it get you? Isn't that why you came? I, some of you I remember. You came in broken. You came in hurt. You came in down. came in so spent on life. 
But then we get on this edge, and we're like the Israelites. We're like, man, Egypt was cool. We could just do what we wanted. Weren't you guys slaves in Egypt? Yeah, but man, killer time, Egypt. Weren't they like whipping you? Like you're fighting for your life? Yeah, but whoa, the pyramids, next level. Didn't you build those pyramids? Yeah, details, don't worry about it. Food was incredible. Didn't they starve you? Yeah, but I remember one meal changed. This is how Christians live. This is how Christians live. Just post it up. Like, what's that church doing? What's that? What's that church? What? Is it, are, they, are they happier than me? Are they happy? Oh, what? Wow, those are new shoes. That's a new car. Oh, my gosh. This. Stop. Stop. Let me just say this. Let me just say this while we're at it. Let me just say this. You know what? Some people do slip. Some people do fall asleep. Some people do mess up. So what about all us normal people that love this message but know that there's been times that we've sat in windows and we've slipped and messed up? This is what is so amazing about this story. The Bible says in verse 10 that Paul walked downstairs. Three stories of stairs. He walks, this guy, Eutychus, interrupted my story. So he walks down and just makes way. Come down. And the Bible says that Paul stretches himself out kind of like this and lay down on that dead boy the Bible said when he got up Paul said he's alive wait but, but I, I thought he was dead yeah yeah but he's alive let me let me just let me just help you with something Paul is a type and shadow of another man that would eventually or that had stretched out his life because you know what I've been Eutychus you've been Eutychus we didn't want to slip out the window, but it just happened sometimes. I, I didn't want to screw up. It just did sometimes. It's the flesh. It's, it's the, the life that we live. Paul said the very things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. It's this life. So what do you do when you slip? What do you do when you don't do it right? What do you do when you're sitting right now in this place and you feel like you really hate me because... You know some areas that you fell asleep in. I've got great news for you. Because what Paul did to that young boy is what Jesus did for each and every one of us. He said, I don't want you to slip, but I know you're going to slip. I don't want you to fall, but I know at times you're going to fall. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son, Jesus. I'm going to make him stretch out and cover every slip and cover every sleepless night and every sleep, sleep, uh, sleepy mistake. I'm going to have him cover all of that. And when I get up, you're going to be alive. See, I think that being fully awake is actually just being fully alive. When I got something to live for, all of a sudden I can stay awake. The reason I sleep in compromise or I sleep in life is because I lose sight of what I'm living for. And when you lose sight of vision, it is difficult to live right. But if you know why God's called you, if you know what he's called you to, 
Do you know, I don't know if you watch the Olympics, but as, I just love the Olympics. I like the training and the stories and all this and these people. They are, you know, they train so religiously. Religiously. They're legalistic about their training. Why? Because there's a goal. And if they see the goal, it fuels the training. See, this is, this is what we've got to do. We've got to see why we're in the house that we're in. Why we're in the situation we're in. Why we're in the marriage we're in. Why we're in the, 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 the job that we're in. we got to see, and instead of looking through the window at what could be better or what could be next or what someone else has, I'm going to say right here, right now, God, I need your strength. I need your grace. I need your power. And this is the goodness of God that every time I've slipped and every time I've fallen, he stretches out his arms and covers my weakness so that I can try it again. The Bible says whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. My old life was buried with Jesus and I'm raised in a brand new life. Does that mean I, I can just go back and sit in the window again? No, it just gives me another chance to do it better this time. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 it says, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. You know what I found is that sometimes God will use our slip to show his stretch. God doesn't cause us to mess up, but he'll use that mess up. Isn't that awesome? To show us his grace. You ever been there? It's like I didn't want to Screw up, but now that I did, God's going to use that situation to show me how good his grace is, how much he loves you. I heard someone say this a couple months ago, a preacher, and it, I just, it just had it in my mind. He said, God's in a good mood. God's in a good mood. Isn't that awesome to be able to see God that way? Because when we start talking like this and preaching like this, we start thinking maybe God's in a bad mood. Like, oh, these crazy Christians keep falling out of windows. Got to raise them from the dead. That's not, God is just, hey, I love you. My grace is towards you. God's not angry. He's willing. He's not angry. He's willing. And I can see, even on some of your faces, that this is connecting to some of you because we've heard one message without the other. Stay away, stay away, stay away, stay away, stay away. And then it becomes legalistic. Because if you have that message without the grace message, it's empty. But if you know, if I do slip, if I do mess up, if I do fall asleep for a little bit, the grace of God says, get back up. That's why as a church, we believe in second chances and third chances and fourth chances and seventh chances and a hundredth chances because that's who Jesus is. That is the gospel, my friend. That is why it's called good news, that his grace covers my inability. His grace covers my mistakes. His grace covers my failures. So I don't know what you came in with today or what you're dealing with. I don't know what's broken into you or what's broken out of you. I don't know what windows of worry or windows of burden that you keep looking out of, trying to find something out there. But I love this scripture it's in, in the message translation. It says, do you want to recover your life? Yeah. How do you, how do you, it says how to do it. He says, get away with God. 
What I like to say is get away from the window. Stop looking at everything else and every other life and every other success story. Just get away with God. You and him. And just let him recover your life. You got something worth living for. You got something on this planet to do. There's an assignment for your life. And don't you dare let a slip up keep you from your future. Don't you let a mistake keep you from ever trying again. Don't you let what happened three years ago keep you from what God wants to do in the next three. Sometimes that slip up is all you need to be able to see God's grace on your life and set you up for the greatest season that you've ever had. And that's what I believe for you. And that's what I believe for our church is God setting us up for something. God's setting us up for one of the greatest seasons that you've ever had. And it's not just because it happened. It's not just because it's favor. It's because when I recognize that I don't need a window to see into happiness, I can receive joy right where I'm at. It changes everything. Changes everything. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.